right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Too Many Hobbies podcast. I'm your host, Brian Althorpe. Today, I'm being joined by my buddy, Brian Evans. Anybody on the Ohio Waterfall pages, any of the Facebook duck hunting pages will see his boats that he's been building. Brian, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So I want to start this off before we go into the topic, which is building duck boats. I want to start off with where you started waterfowl hunting and how you got into it. Mm. Uh, that's a little bit of a long story, but back when I was growing up, I don't know, I was probably eight to 10 years old. My older brother used to take me down in Virginia uh, and we would hit up the bays or whatever. I never shot a shotgun. I went with him to watch and I think he tried to get me into it at, at an early age and he was around dogs and everything. And I liked it at the time, but for some reason, I just never got back into it with them and shooting guns back then. And then uh, after quitting my last job and getting into my new job, I had plenty more time and I decided to go ahead and get into it solo and uh, learned, a, learned a lot during the solo time and then ended up meeting a lot of good people along the way. And it, it really helped me expand everything uh, with, with ducks because at eight or 10 years old, you don't know exactly what's going on anyway. Right. Yeah. So, so how long in Ohio have you been solo hunting? Or I guess hunting uh, in general. I think this will be my fifth year or sixth. Okay. Yeah. Fifth or sixth season this, this season. Okay. So then what you moved from Virginia, when did you move up here from Virginia? I was 13 when I got up here. Okay. So it was, it was all young and I remember it pretty well that you know my brother would take me out on his boat and we'd mainly set up for divers you know right on the atlantic right. over there yeah and uh i mean it was a good time he had a chocolate dog she was she was great she was very small chocolate and it, i think that's where i really started liking dogs and seeing what they could do yeah but i never got into it until you know i figured out the game myself and then i could worry about somebody or something else right. while i'm hunting so yeah. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Brian lives about an hour away from me. And uh, we got in touch because I sold him some decoys and we just stayed yeah. in touch. And uh, we get along way too well now as, as it is. But we've also yeah. started hunting together last year, which has been really nice. I think that that's helped at least me kind of learn how, I mean, it's not much different down where you're at, but just the the terrain is different. You guys don't have like as many marshes as we've got over here, which is weird because it's not that far. Yeah. And I don't know, there's just a different vibe out towards you. You've got, um, I don't know, you get help, you hit up the water over by you and you, it's just different. And then yeah. you come over here and it, it's just different styles of hunting, I think. Which is crazy with it literally only being an hour away. Yeah. That's yeah. So which nuts. is, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because you kind of, I mean, you don't have to go very far. And if you want a different feel of what, what you're hunting and you can take a small trip, like it doesn't have to be a, a huge trip, but like your hunts are mostly on the Huron river and my hunts are mostly on the lake, but then we've got Sandusky Bay that isn't too far from either one of us. And there's just so much different stuff around us. Right. It's, it's pretty crazy. I don't think a lot of people understand that Ohio hunting is it's just different. <laughs> it is. And, yeah. you know, you can go to sleep the night before 
and you think you're, you know, where you're going to go. And then you wake up the next morning. You're like, you know what? I just want to try something else. And you can completely switch up what you want in one night. You could be hunting a field. And then the next morning you're like, you know what? I just want to go chase divers on the lake. And you could could go on the marsh or you can go into a river. It's just, there's a lot of different terrain around us. And I know kind of piggybacking off what you said when I started hunting, I mean, that was in college, that was probably nine years ago or so. And, uh, I started hunting with Damien who's been on the podcast and, uh, we, Damien has been hunting his whole life and we still just had to figure it out. Like there's no, just because you've started when you were a kid doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have it like that. Right. Like you still have to learn how to do everything on your own. We were still calling yeah. his dad being like, Hey, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he had been hunting since he was like eight. Yeah. Just like you. That's where but... it's really nice. It's, it's really nice being able to get in touch with people who have been at it for 50, 60 years. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess they're probably closer to 40. Um, but the guys that I got in touch with, they, they have seen so much and, right. uh, they can give you that much knowledge. And you so... get to hear about the good old days. Oh yeah. Everything was better back then. Just so you know, <laughs> we'll be saying the same stuff to our kids in 20 years. Oh, back in our day. And then back in their yeah. day, it's just going to exponentially get worse is, is probably how that's going to go. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, what, what made you decide to get a big water boat? I think, uh, let me, this was probably five or six boats ago. I, I mean, I go through one a year basically, but I, I started, <laughs> in the marshes and i liked it but the problem was is everybody had marsh boats so you run into a lot of people and i'm one of those people that i just kind of want to be far away from people so you i tried getting a little bit bigger then a little bit bigger and then i was like you know what let's just go 21 foot and now i want just a little bit more bigger um so now i can get into just about everywhere that i want to with the 21 and if i can't i'll take the small boat out with the long tail and i'll get to where i want to with that but because you started with one of those pond prowlers right yeah so it was one of those oh i think it was a pond prowler it was a 10 foot the thing was super stable i mean we had it yeah i was out fishing with it and we would hit major wakes and it would just roll with it it was amazing how well that thing <laughs> did but if i were to go back in time with that blind build i would have done just like a layout just yeah. layout shot out of it instead of that big frame but yeah it worked out um i didn't have too many hunts out of it because it was one of those things where you weren't going to get there fast right but it was a cool little boat so Are you a trolling motor on that I, uh, so it was only rated for like five horses. I think I put a seven and a half on there and it still was not doing it. So I had a trolling (laughs) motor on the front and a seven and a half in the back and a a bunch of weight. It would just did not want to come close to getting on plane. So it was just pushing water. And that was a scissor style blind, right? Yeah. Yeah. I made the brackets. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was EMT conduit, and then I made all the brackets at work. I welded them up, put them on there, and uh, it worked out pretty well, but just not big enough. Right. What was after that boat? Uh, after that one, I think it was a 
1972 Monarch. It, I think it was a 16 foot and it was a wider one and okay. it was a flat bottom. Um, and I, let's see, I think I only had a 9.9 on that cause I was worried about the title situation. Oh yeah. Um, trying to worry about titles is just ridiculous. Um, but that, that was a cool boat. I had a couple of good hunts out of it. Um, if I could go back in time, I think I actually would have kept that boat and then just kept going bigger with the other and just continued to have two because it was super wide. Yeah. I was going to, that was going to be my next question is would you have kept that boat thinking back on yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. I should have kept that boat. It had so much potential. Did you put a blind That's on a that? Shame. That one had a Avery quick set when I bought it. Oh, I, I bought the boat pretty cheap and it was an older Avery quick set too. Okay. It was, it, it actually wasn't a bad blind setup. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is in the cold, I was really nervous about stuff breaking because it, you know, there's a lot of plastic on there. Okay. And, uh, yeah, know, the new ones are metal. I, yeah, the, they this fold was in. One. Yeah, because the new ones, the like legs kind of fold in and then it all sits down as one big frame, but it's all metal. Well, then I definitely had an old one. It was, <laughs> it was uh, plastic. Yeah. It was plastic, it was plastic <laughs> hinges or something like that. And I was really nervous about it. I was missing holes out of it. The rivets were broken on stuff, but I think I just ended up shoving like PVC pipe under it to make sure it, it stayed up. But it, yeah, it's actually a, a pretty nice blind. If if you're not looking to build one, I would probably recommend one. Yeah, because I think they're only, I mean, with they come with the blind material now, which is like the shaggy uh, 3D type, but it's got like netting and it's got a wind block yeah. inside, and they're like 700 bucks. Yeah, and they they cover a boat very well. Yeah. Well, and they're, they're easy to set up. They're quick set, you know? Yeah, they're, they're definitely quick set. If you get water on them and you're worrying about freezing, though, that might be oh, it's a brutal. problem. Yeah. My buddy's got so, one, and every time that it gets wet, especially because it rides on the sides and the water will splash up as you're driving, right. if once you get there, there'll be icicles on it, or if it's sat overnight, it'll just – you have to, like, peel it to open it up. I mean, that, yeah, that's I, on a big 18-foot boat, but if you had a flat bottom, it would probably cover the entire thing, no problem. It did a great job. The, the problem was is when I went to fold it all up, um, actually, I think I had conduit on the bottom of it trying to keep it down in the water. Like the oh, water like weighted in. it? Yeah, it would yeah. weight the material, and that worked out well. But all that material, when you tried to roll it back up in there, it would overhang out the sides and it's a flat bottom. Yeah. It's lower to the water and yeah. it's just getting doused in water. Yeah. And then you, you can't do much about that once you get home, unless you got blow dryer. Yeah. I'm not blow drying a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we get barns, right? Nice yeah. heated barns. <laughs> yeah. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. And so then after that, was that the 17 foot? Uh, that was a sea nymph, right? Uh, no, it was a, a star. It was a starcraft. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was either, it was an old, old Starcraft. I, yeah. I, it was late, late 50s, early 60s. The thing had no leaks at all. It was built very well. Um, but it originally had the, like a, a cabin on the front of it. And, oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm remembering this now. Yeah. It was a console and I cut the whole thing apart. And um, 
I originally was worried about flexing up by the bow, um, but I never ran into that. So if you're, that boat was also very narrow. It, it wasn't wide at all. I'm sure you remember when you yeah. were out with me on it. Yeah. Um, but any wider, it might've had some more flex in there. I don't know if something like that was actually built better in the good old days or Could what. Have been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you would but, think if it was, cause it didn't have like benches in it. Generally it, the benches mean that they're using the bench portion of it to secure the hull. But if it had that big front deck, like I think most people would know it's like a, a Una windshield that, yeah. and then it's got like a spot for your feet or whatever under it. And you cut that to open everything up. Yeah. yeah. I took a, I took a jig and then went all the way around it and marked it and then went through with a jigsaw and took my time trying to make it look as good as I could. And it actually turned out pretty nice. And then I used some that, eighth inch uh edge trimming and oh yeah went all the way across the aluminum so it wasn't sharp and it turned out pretty nice it got some good looks yeah um and it, that of course was converted to a tiller right because uh, originally that was all console so yeah um that was a good boat i don't think i'm glad i sold it because it just wasn't enough right um but if i wasn't planning on doing big water I would have kept it. Um, but I don't know. Lake Erie, as you know, can get pretty nasty pretty yeah. quick. So and you don't 17 have 17's like the minimum. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd rather not die. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how most of us <laughs> feel. Yeah. Now the yeah. big thing on that one that if anybody remembers or if they've seen your new one is the blinds that you put on them. Do you want to talk about the blind that you put on that one? Sure. Um, so there's a guy around, uh, I actually went to school with his kids. Uh, his name was John and I got in touch from, or in touch with him from actually Jared from old Lakeshore charters. Yep. And, uh, I, I explained on Facebook, I'm like, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to build this blind up for me. And he suggested them. So I went to him. Um, he welded the whole thing. It turned out phenomenal. Um, I, have very little complaints about that blind setup. I think it was perfect for that thing. Um, so he welded it all up. I took it down to an Amish guy that was also suggested by Jared. Um, he put it on for me and then I brought it back here. I painted it up with Parker paint um, and an HVLP gun. I did not um, thin it out at all. I just shot it <laughs> straight and somehow it worked out pretty good and i did the same thing with the newest boat i just shot it straight um that parker paint is actually a really nice paint um and then i just you know added some little waves into it to break up the color right um it was nice the the coolest thing about that blind is you'll be getting all the splash right over the the gunnels right and it would keep it all away and it would be warm um yeah, it was it was a great blind. Yeah, and that was more of like a shell style with the top had a big uh, canopy over top of it. So that one you'd be able to you'd have your head covered and then the whole boat would be you'd be like your neck and above would be visible through that slot. Yeah, yeah, neck and above. And it was so nice. Uh, I had it out multiple times in the rain 
and you don't get wet at all it was it was perfectly engineered to where the rain would run off the top and splash down right on the side and no water would get in the boat yeah um he he definitely knew what he was doing when he welded the whole thing up and i think he had it done in i don't know three or four days and it was a ton of welding yeah um he he did a phenomenal job on it i would definitely go back to him what was that made out of that was um rigid and emt so he welded both of them and uh if anyone knows anything about welding welding galvanized number one is not good for you and number two um (laughs) you really gotta you gotta watch when you're welding it um because it i don't know it just welds a little funky but for for the most part uh don't inhale it because it's really bad yeah Yeah. that's our psa for this episode yeah don't inhale galvanized welding and drugs are bad (laughs) (laughs) i think that goes without saying but we might we might as well say it while we're here yeah and it's even better if you take up duck hunting you're not going to be able to afford drugs so that's like the biggest thing i think they should start just taking people from rehab and putting them in a duck blind (laughs) (laughs) oh that would be great like you're gonna get hooked on this and you're not gonna have any money to do anything else it's okay yeah we can start donating our uh, lottery funds to rehab instead Gosh, that is, I think you're on to something. You should definitely get in contact with CODNR. The DNR, yeah. I'm yeah. sure they want a lot to do with me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. that I do anything bad, but I've already, you know, YouTube videos, they might not want me to be showcasing rehab and drugs with <laughs> DNR. You just, you don't, a lot of that oh, stuff don't mix. No, <laughs> no. Well, you want to talk about your newest build? Yeah. So this one um, was a little bit different than John made for me the last time. Uh, the only things, let's see. So I built this one a little bit different. Uh, John had the previous one kind of uh, eggshelling up on the sides. And yeah. I, I wasn't a big fan of that. I know why he did it. Um, and that's to make sure that you keep everyone center in the boat because if everyone goes to stand up and it's not like that, you could flip over the right. boat. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did not do that on the bigger boat because I felt better about it. So I, I went at it like a 24 degree angle and went up, I don't know, 18 inches or so around the sides and then did a very similar setup to where the overhead would just fold right up and over. I did not engineer as well as John did about the water dripping over the front. It, it almost, uh, it pulls up a little bit on the top. So if you're going to be out in the heavy rain, they're going to have to go up, hit the roof and it'll slide off the side. So if I were to change anything, it would be that. Um, but it's once again, it's great because when you're on the water, you're deflecting water, you're deflecting wind. Um, you right. can still reach over the side of the boat and pick up your decoys. Um, and I, I made that out of maker pipe fittings and welding. And if I were to go back in time, I would have not used maker pipe for two reasons. Number one, uh, it'll loosen up over time. Uh, number two, it doesn't look as clean. So I ended up welding um, all of the maker pipe fittings 
onto the EMT conduit. And that should definitely do the trick. Um, but that was just a lot of extra work that I had to do and more money too. Cause I think I right. spent like $200 in maker pipe fittings or so that one. Um, the only rigid that I used was on the top. Everything else was EMT conduit. And I, I had a ton of time in it, but I really didn't have that much money in it. Which is so nice. Yeah. It, it's super nice. And that was the same setup to where I took it down to my Amish guy. Um, he wrapped it for me, brought it back here. I painted it um, with the Parker. Uh, let's see. The, the previous boat was Bay Gray. This one is the Hunter Green, or I think is what they call it. Yeah, it's Hunter, um, Hunter Green, yeah. It's a great color um, yeah. for the bays. I, I like that green, and I would definitely do that again. Um, See, I think that with the paint portion of it, it's like as long as your boat isn't like yellow or bright blue, then you can pretty much use it wherever you need to. Yeah. Shoreline I, I is going to be either sand, rock, or like trees. And then anything in the early season is going to have some green to it. So it's like it'll blend in if it's green, gray, brown. I think anything would go. I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, the boat was previously painted, I think, probably in spray paint, gray and black. And yeah. it was pretty ugly looking. Um, it's a That hull is pretty beat up, but it's a duck boat. Um, yeah. It's been welded on. I've been chasing rivets on it, but riveted boats are not the way to go. But if you're looking for a duck boat and you're just looking to get by and put some work into it whenever, yeah, it's not bad. Your cheapest boats that you're going to find are going to be riveted. They're going to be the older Starcrafts or like mine's a tracker or Sea Nymph or something like that is all going to be pretty much the same style hole. Yeah. Yeah. And a ton of rivets, a ton of leaking points. So yeah. I think the moral of the story is don't beat the boat up too bad and yeah. it, it'll thank you. It's one of those so, things you take care of it. It'll take care of you. Yeah. And you know, with these older boats, you, you want to keep it safe. So I put three bilge pumps in the thing, yeah. uh, two automated. So, I mean, if there's water coming in there, it's going to come out <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's all right. not a big deal. No. Well, so the big topic that I wanted to cover is building your ideal duck boat. Now, I want to start with like, for us, you know, we both have marsh boats. We both have lake boats. Mm -hmm. So I want to try to tackle both of them because I think the people that are going to listen to this, the majority of them are going to be hunting marshes or shallow water. Yeah. But then there's also going to be people like us that live on the Great Lakes or live on a big lake and they hunt divers. And I think that we could probably touch both topics, maybe give some people some ideas if they're looking to add some things to their boat that we found over the years. We're not professionals by any means, but we've been tweaking with our boats. And I think that we've come to some pretty solid boats and some, some good ideas to put in them. So if you were gonna build a marsh boat for like you and one or two other guys, what would you start with? Well, it depends. How much money do I have? Let's say it's a budget build. Okay. So like uh, under five grand. Okay. Um, me personally, if you're just doing marsh, I 
don't think I would go to an outboard. I would find uh, a nice long tail. Um, you can get, you know, the Predator Harbor Freight 22 horsepower motors, I think like 850 bucks. And then um, yeah. with my experience, the backwater kits are top notch. And I think a kit altogether is 1800 on that. So you're halfway through your build there. Um, but you I mean, maybe not in this market because I haven't looked so much, but I'm pretty sure you could cover the rest of that. Maybe, you know, 15, actually probably $1,500 in a 17 foot flat bottom boat and be just fine. Yeah. Um, depending on what kind of hunting you're doing, I, me personally, um, if I'm using a marsh or if I'm using a marsh to hunt, I'm going to hide the boat. I'll stuff the boat and I'll st sit in a chair. Uh, yeah. And just like a marsh stool in the reeds because it's good coverage. Um, and it's, it's really not that bad. It's, I don't know. I've hunted out of flat bottom boats with blinds and that's super nice, but I also don't mind sitting in the marsh. Yeah. So yeah. If you're on a budget, I feel like me personally, I'd probably be in the same, same, no pun intended, but the same boat. Yeah. <laughs> and I would probably be in like the 16 to 17 foot, like maybe a Mont V if you could find an old bass tracker or something that you could gut, put a 20 to 23 horsepower long tail on it. And like, you can find all this stuff used too. you could probably find a used boat for like three grand with a mud yeah. motor on it if you really wanted to. And then I feel like if you're going to do a budget build, like you don't necessarily need a blind. Like I could see if you were taking out like your dad and he's 55 or 60 and he's just done walking through the marsh or sitting in the marsh. And he's like, I want a blind. It's like, well, then you're going to pay for it. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I feel like anything like that, you put a light bar on it and then you're good to go. Like that would oh, be yeah. enough to get you to wherever you want to go. But there are some cool things that you can add to those boats. And I know that you've seen like the, the switch panels with like USB chargers, mm -hmm. kind of something that's like, I mean, it's 25 bucks, but it's a cool thing to add. If you're going to especially be charging like headlamps, if you're going to charge your phone, anything like that. Like, I think that that's a cool accessory. I feel like that's something that a lot of these boats could use. Yeah, I, those switch panels are great. I've thrown one in like every every boat actually. Yeah, they're super nice. And then yeah, you, you add your cheap thirteen dollar Amazon LEDs on the inside. Right. Yep. Throw your light bar on there, and yeah. it's a pretty nice rig. Well, if you get a four switch, you could put your bilge pump on it and your nav lights, and then that's it. You're good to go. Yeah. And you could get stencils and yeah. do don't forget do a paint job. I would say, I don't know, me personally, I'm good with flat color. Right. And then just stuff the boat. You throw your reeds on top. But if you're planning yeah. on hunting out of the boat and you want to brush it up good, maybe throw some stencils on there. I'm yeah. not sure if the ducks will really care so much, you know. <laughs> In my experience, I don't know. no. <laughs> no, they, if they want to be there, they're going to be there. Yeah. Hide yourself as well as you can, but don't overthink it, in my opinion. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I agree. 16, 17 foot budget build. That's perfect. You could take three, four guys out there if you really wanted to. Right. 
Yeah. And I think that if you did want to do a blind, you can do those Avery quick sets, a great one. You could build your own, you could do a scissor blind out of conduit and just get like those Bimini top pins on the corners yep. to be able to like connect the, the Bimini top insert to it and be able to make your own flip top or not flip top, but the scissor blind and then throw some cheap bass pro grass on it and you got you got a blind at least but i think that you'd be better off just sitting in the reeds yeah and it's really not all that bad you if you're going to be sitting in the reeds bring your stool and then something else that the old guys taught me is uh you, you get a pole in there that you can hang your shotgun on yeah you can hang your water on or yeah. your blind bag get yeah. it out of the water yeah so that'd be pretty i think that's true now, if you were going to buy a marsh boat, what would be the top of the line one that you would get? All right. So I have been in like three super nice marsh boats. Um, one was a gator tail. Two had 40 horsepower backwater kits. Um, the only thing that I really liked about the gator tail is being able to go in reverse. Yeah you're, you're going to have to spin the boat around otherwise. Um, right. Yep. The gator tail boat itself that I was in, it was very nice. The paint held up very nice. Um, but I, I didn't really like the setup and I don't think it went through the shallows as well as the long tail did. Right. So okay. I would have to say, um, I would go with a boat very similar to what my buddy Shane's got um, that Alumawell 17 foot originally I would have thought my bottom with the square bow I would take yeah. that it, it rides super nice you can hold more up there and instead of the mod V which comes in and lays down all of your reeds on the side it kind of just floats right over the top and then they pop right back up yeah. so i would go with a 17 to 18 foot all weld um with a 40 horsepower backwater kit on it and um i'd be a happy camper <laughs> that's awesome yeah i think i would be this is getting pricey but I think that I would end up doing a 18 foot prodigy with a 40 horse skater tail XD. Okay. So that's, um, let's see. I think I saw that in a ducks unlimited magazine, not too long ago. Did you happen to see the one that just came out that brought in I've there? I've seen them all. <laughs> they, they showed that one and it was pretty nice, but I don't know. It's just super bougie. And since I wear Sitka, then I'd have to have something like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you brought that to the boat ramp and you weren't wearing Sitka, I'd be very concerned. Yeah. Like people, spent would all your ask, money. people would ask questions for sure. I'd ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, this is your daddy's boat. Probably. It, it, most people would probably think that. Yeah. But my dad doesn't hunt, so it can't be his boat. Uh, <laughs> Now, if you were doing a, I guess we could even talk about our big water setups, but if you were going to try and do a budget build, maybe a different one than what you've got, mm -hmm. what would you be looking for for big water? So 
I'm not that experienced yet with big water boats, but I've gotten a lot of suggestions because I ask a lot of questions, most of which are dumb. Um, but I would stay away from anything riveted if you can find it. Like there's one, uh, it's a Spectrum 19 foot for sale right now that honestly, I really like that boat. And yeah. um, the floor space is there. Me personally, I just would like something in the 23 to 24 foot range. And I know that's big. Yeah. Um, but it's, if you're doing big water, it doesn't really matter. Right. So if you've got the extra room, why not? Yeah. Um, it's all safety stuff at that point. Yeah. Safety and hauling people and hauling gear. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't go anything less than my 21 that I have right now, unless it was like a 20 footer that was wide and deep. Yeah. Um, the, the Mariner that I have right now is not that deep. Um, I've had it in some nasty stuff. It handles it well, but you always want that more safety thing. So I don't yeah. know. I'm my primary, if you can find a budget, boat that's welded go that route if not suck it up you'll be doing rivets every year every yeah. couple of years whatever yeah um and go that route yeah i mean i feel like this the starcraft mariner is like your typical or your most uh popular budget big water build because there's so many yeah. of them yeah there's, there's a ton of them. of them yeah yours is well 89 no, I have the 72 oh, okay. or 74. Damien has an 88 or an 89. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I have one of the earlier Mariners where yeah. engineers screwed it up. So mm. they caught that a couple of years later down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of stuff had to get done to this boat to compensate for engineers, but whatever, you know, <laughs> you work with it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. The Mariner is the boat that you're most likely going to see. It's set up well for open water hunting. Um, and it's got a ton of room. Yeah, I agree. All right. So your, your budget big water boat, what are you thinking? Mine is a budget big water boat at this point. I mean, it's a 19 foot eight. I, I rounded up to 20 foot, uh, tracker magna uh side console 115 horse johnson motor it's a 1993 haven't had any issues with it but i bought it for four forty five hundred bucks so like it's stayed pretty well budget i haven't done a whole lot of work to it i haven't needed to um it's wide open it's got front deck that's perfect for the layout boat perfect for decoys um the full transom. If I was going to get something different, I feel like I would end up getting like a Mariner, probably a newer one. Um, for a budget wise, I, yeah, Mariner, uh, one of the C nymphs. I mean, like they've, they're all the same style, but I feel like I would probably go with an Islander. I feel like Agreed. I would, I would do the conversion, taking the cabin off. I cut it the same way that you cut your 17 foot. That's the same way that they do it on the Islanders, but the sides are higher. Way higher. They I mean, have you'd to have to double the mirror. Yeah. And I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that it's an inboard outboard. So you'd have to put the 
offshore bracket on it. But I mean, you can get those Islanders. My neighbor's Islanders are 26 foot. You can go big with yeah. those and they're not that expensive. People are pretty much giving them away because everybody has lost the, they have no idea how to keep a inboard outboard running. Yeah. They just let them go to shit. Yeah. Yeah. You need to throw an outboard at it. Yeah. I mean, it's just easier. I mean, you got better turning radius with an outboard. It's easier to, uh, to service. And I mean, generally they have a little bit more power top end than an inboard outboard inboard outboard would have a little bit more torque, but that's about it. And it'd probably be negligible at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. There's so many options for like the big water aluminum hull that you could do. I mean, there's, there's so much, but I feel like the biggest thing that people miss the point on is that, if you're going on the big water, you're just looking for something safe. And anything that's not a mod V, a flat bottom, a 14-foot deep V, like we said mentioned earlier, the 17 would probably be the minimum. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you're hunting from shore. Because I think that's a, distinguish- a distinguishing factor, too, is are you layout hunting out of it or are you shore hunting with it? Just using it to get to a spot on shore. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And it, sometimes I don't think bigger is better, but right. for a lot of the stuff around here, uh, you know, it's it's Lake Erie. It changes right. quick. Yep. Bigger might be better. Yeah, yeah. I feel like around here, like with my twenty foot, it's like I've been in five foot waves and it's not fun, but it makes it. And I feel like I'm more comfortable with that being. I guess on the smaller side of big water boats with the full transom. Cause then I don't feel like if I'm riding waves that they're going to come crashing over the back and then just swamp it. But like an Alumacraft with like the back deck where it drops down or even like the 18 foot trackers that have the little indent back there for the motor. There's the chance that that could happen. Yeah. And on my Mariner, the guys who had it before me, they built up the splash well. So it would it would take quite a bit to overcome the entire splash right. well. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm glad they did that um, because most Mariners, de- they dip way down. Yes. And yep. I haven't flooded that splash well out. Um, I'm sure if you just went wide open throttle, you could blow it all out. But if you're flooding the splash well out, you're probably in some pretty nasty stuff and you don't want to go right. wide open. So well, I think a lot of people miss the fact too, that that grommet is back there that all of the motor controls come into and your fuel line and stuff. That's a hole in the yeah. boat. If that stays underwater, you're going to get water in the boat. Yeah. You definitely need a good way to get the water out. So, yes. yep. But it's ideal not to have any water in there to begin with. Yeah. So, well, if you think you're going to, you just put three bilge pumps in it. Yeah. Th- that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not the I'm worst not idea. Yeah. No, you're not going <laughs> no. anywhere. You'll be helping people if they are sinking. You'll yeah. Be... While I sink. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Hopefully not, but it's possible. Now, if yeah. you were going to do, I think we're both going to have the same answer on this. But if you were going to get a brand new big water boat, what are you doing? Oh, man. 
I'm going straight Great Lakes, I think. I think the reviews, the reviews and what I have seen, that's like top notch engineering. Um, you know, I, I'm not the best welder. I can weld to get you by. Yeah. I can't weld aluminum. Uh, that's a, that's a beautiful art, I think. And yeah. you look at theirs and it's just top notch work. Yeah. So I really like that. I saw the one that, you know, you sent or that I commented on Facebook yesterday yeah. and that, that seemed pretty similar. Yeah. Um, it was kind of like that in between water, great lake scenario. Yeah. Um, I think there are a ton of duck waters out there. Yep. And from what I've heard, um, I wouldn't go that route. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they're bad boats. I mean, I just no. think that they have their flaws. I've, I've heard that they get a little wet. If you get in some real deep stuff, I just don't know. There's a lot out there. I think that that one that I, that we, that you're talking about was a rider. Started with oh, an R. Was it, um, Man, that's going to bother me now. Yeah, me too. It's a, a custom boat shop. I don't even yeah. think they do it. I don't even think they do a bunch of uh, deep water stuff. I think they do a lot of like flat bottoms stuff and they threw and that just, in there. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looked like it was more of like it come from some sort of line of like flat bottom, just the way that the hull kind of came up at the front. I don't know. It looked a little weird to me. Yeah. Um, see, if it was me, I'd be really torn between if I was going to go with like a 23 or a 25 foot. I think I would personally go 23 just because I like to be able to think that the max that I could fit in the spot that my boat is sitting in my barn would be 23. But there's a – it's an Aluma Weld Columbia – and it's a tiller boat, but it's a deep okay. V tiller boat, and it's rated for a 250 horse tiller. And I mean, it's Gosh. wide open. It's got four or six pedestal seats on the, the main floor, and then it's got the big like fishing deck like mine has. But dude, it is wide. I mean, it is okay. huge, and it's got this huge, this really cool tiller console that slides out and it's got all this storage in it it's just if i was gonna go with like a mass-produced boat i think that's what i would do but if i was gonna go for like a custom duck boat i would go with the great lakes boats just i love the way that they look yeah they look super sharp and yeah now that you mentioned that other boat um, I think you did bring up something super important for people to know is having a tiller is actually, in my opinion, better than console. Yeah. Um, you've got a better turning radius and I, yeah. I feel like you can get, you can just get to things a lot easier off a tiller. Uh, and if, if I were to build something, I would try to put like a huge tiller on the back of it and yeah. go that route. I've just always liked like coming from the fishing aspect of it, like when you have people in there that are moving around and everything, like having the tiller and not having to like walk around the console is like huge. And that's why Absolutely. I went with the side console that I have. I was looking for a side console boat. And for whatever reason, that one ended up popping up for me. And it's like, 
the layout is perfect. I think that the only thing that I would change on my boat now is put a four stroke motor on it. So it's a little bit more reliable. Yeah. From, from what I've heard though, you'll never get that top end. Like it's just a different feel from two stroke to four stroke. Yeah. But, I don't, I don't care about the speed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I guess I completely understand that. I've been boat been in boats with newer four strokes and it is super nice. Yeah. Just putting it right in the water. Yep. You turn the key and it comes on. You don't have to mess around with anything. Right. Well, for me, it's like if my son's going to be coming out with me in a couple of years, like there's no chance that I'm going to take him in like sub freezing water or sub freezing anything and get stuck out there. Well, Sitka. He'll have it. I'm sure. So there you go. <laughs> you saved him right there. That might be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Man, I just those four strokes and the just having a new motor, even if they still sold those Evan Rude E-Tex, like I think they stopped selling them in what 2019. Uh, I think you'd know better than me on that one. So I think it was 2019 they went out, they discontinued them. And uh I mean those are brand new motors too, they're two stroke, but like they would have so much more amenities to them that would keep them running better like if i was a, like oh i go out on the right. lake with that no problem just because i know it's not gonna have like compression issues there's not gonna be starter issues there's not gonna be wiring issues there's not gonna be carb issues like it's a new motor right but they didn't care if it would be a two-stroke or a four-stroke but they just don't make new two-strokes anymore no i don't know if that's uh something to do with pollution or, or what they're attempt is there because i i I, I like two stroke but i'm definitely with you the reliability yeah i mean i've got a 2490 horse on mine yeah it's the reliability is not going to be there right so yeah i mean with mine's in 1993 and it's like i've gotten stuck once and i didn't like it but it was 100 it was 100 my fault I did a video on it anyway i think i talked about it on this podcast already but it was 100 percent my fault but it's just the fact of like it had an issue because it was older and i took the cowling off to address that issue and then when i it was the shifter so the little pin that or the clamp that holds the sheathing for the shifter so that the the cable will run through it and mm-hmm. like hung up or one of the the one side broke so it twisted and i took my elbow and i slammed into it and I broke it completely off. So I could only shift it from the back on the motor. And I had to have the cowling off for it. And then I hit a sandbar because my GPS wasn't working. And then all the water rushed up off the back transom and into the, the intake. So it's like, oh, that was my fault. I, ha- I hydrolocked the motor. But I wouldn't have had to do that if I had old controls with an old motor that had the issue. Right. So that's where I land on that. But there's also I want to talk about like accessories for the big water boats that some people like I know I have one major one that I don't think people think about. But like a lot of people don't have GPS. But if you're going to go out on the big lake, like you want to have depth finder, you want to have GPS, like you're driving in big water at night and you're going higher speeds than you are in a marsh. So like if there's, if there's anything 
that you would want to put in your boat, what would that be? I actually really uh, like having a chart plotter. Yeah. Um, something that tells me the depths before I even get there, yeah. uh, like places that you've taken me. Yeah. If I wouldn't have followed you, I would have looked down and found out exactly where sandbars were because yeah. last thing I want is to knock one of those things. So, right. um, yeah, I'm with you there. And I, yeah, that's, that's an easy one. Yeah. Like for me, something that I bought this year, that's going to be really helpful, especially for layout hunting is just a new trolling motor, having spot lock and being able to like jog over to different decoys and stuff without having to like man the motor and then also be trying to pick up decoys. That's going to be a game changer for me and for anchoring the boat when people are in the layout boat like i can just hit spot lock sit there and then when they're ready instead of pulling up a wet anchor rope i just pull up the trolling motor and i'm gone it's going to take away the spot that i put my layout boat in the front but i have plenty of room in the back that i can put the layout boat yeah i i would really like to be a part of one of those hunts that you have that because that might sell me on that i can <laughs> i think it will it yeah pulling up long lines and you know most of the time if most of the time i hunt with myself and one other guy because right. most of the time everybody else is doing their own thing and that's a pain in the butt trying yeah. to control a big motor pull up decoys try to make sure it's all organized because in a boat if it's not organized you could fall right so yep you got to take your time and i think that spot lock is going to be phenomenal yeah it's going to be, it's like one of those things that's a hundred percent not necessary, but it's like a wish list item. Like those Danic hooks, they're not necessary, but they're nice. Yeah. Uh, actually, that is a really nice thing for big water. Um, you, you know, the older guys, they, they told me, hey, uh, it's a really good idea to just, you know, you tie up your boat on your anchors, uh, one off the stern, one off the bow. And then you just have a float. So if you need to go get ducks, you untie yourself, you go out, you grab your ducks and you tie yourself back up. Yep. Those Danic hooks are perfect because they, they clip right on. Um, and then they also have a spot where you can attach your fenders. Like, or what I like to do anyways, attach my fenders. So yeah. when I'm done, I've, or when I got to go get a duck, I unhook it, throw it in the water. It floats. Yep. The anchor's already set. You come back and you attach it back on. Yep. So and you can go right back to hunting. Yep. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people that are going to be like, I'd say shore hunting, but like if they wanted to build a blind, like you've got and be able to use it, that's the most effective way to be able to use it. Cause you're going to have to go get gripples if you're hunting divers. Yeah. And it's like, you have a dog, but like that dog's not going to swim a quarter mile to get a golden eye. Right. And so. I wouldn't put my dog through that to begin with. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, if that dog makes it more than like 300 yards swimming, you are probably going to be motoring to get that dog anyway. Yeah. They're not yeah, going to catch it. Much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like anybody that has a dog cares too much, but I feel like some people just wouldn't be paying attention if it's something that they're just getting into. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th I think if they are just getting into it, spend a year or two 
without a dog. Go with somebody that has a dog. Learn that, but learn what you're doing first before getting a dog. I think if you just yeah. try to get a dog in there, you're going to end up hurt. The dog's going to end up hurt, yep. or you're not going to have the right experience right. Um, with hunting. And you'll probably end up getting right out of it because it's just too much. Yep. You got to take it slow. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of anything else that we should cover, but I'll, I have one question that I've asked my previous guests and I'll ask you to end this off. If money wasn't an issue, what is one other hobby that you would pick up? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't even know because, uh, my whole year revolves around these three months. So <laughs> I like fishing. I go out and I fish when I can, but it, um, I don't even know. I would, you know what? I would, if money wasn't an issue, I'd go to Alaska for all three months and I would hunt in Alaska probably, I don't know, once every five years. But Fair enough. That's, it's still hunting. I don't just yeah. don't know what else I would do. I don't have any other aspirations. No. Nothing. I mean, it's good enough. I'm so full when I'm out in the duck line. <laughs> I feel the same way. If money wasn't an issue, I would probably get into like classic cars. Okay. You bring that up and now I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely go for one or two in my collection. Yeah. I feel like that's like the one thing right now that like I really enjoy cars, but not as much as I enjoy hunting and fishing. And like, I mean, my big ones are like the hunting, fishing, camera stuff, working out. Like I don't have any other time to be tinkering with other stuff. If I didn't have to worry about money, then I just buy a nice classic car I didn't have to work on. (laughs) yeah exactly what i was gonna get at if money's not an issue who cares exactly yeah so yeah that's a pretty good one to bring up um i've got one but it's been sitting for like six years i haven't had time to work on it maybe not even the motivation (laughs) i feel like you start getting into this kind of stuff and it just kind of consumes you completely yeah 100 percent. so if you were to go into this what would be your first buy Probably like a mid 1950s Chevy Bel Air. And then I would probably stick in the 50s for a second one. I would get like a like a half ton truck, like a maybe an an F the Ford F1 or F one hundred. I can't remember which one's in that time frame. But like I know that the Chevys have a, a thirty one hundred. I feel like that would be something like, I just love the old, like rounded body style of the trucks and the cars. Mm-hmm. And like that Chevy Bel Air is always just like stuck right here. Like what a, color in the Bel Air? White and blue, like a, like a baby blue. That, yeah, that's the, almost like a, a seafoam green. Yes. It's like a greenish yep. blue. Yep. yep. I've seen that car a couple of times in my life, like in person. And every time I just like melt. I'm like, oh my God. If it has the five spoke chrome rims, shut it down. I'm taking it with me. And they're so big. Think of all the decoys you could throw in. I know I could fit more than I do in my Camry now. 
I'd get rid of that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Probably like quadruple the amount. Probably, yeah. Well, dude, it was nice having you on. Uh, A lot of good information. If anybody wants to listen to more of these podcasts, just make sure to hit the plus if you're on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe if you're on other ones. Check out Too Many Hobbies uh, YouTube channel. And Brian's wearing some of the merch right now. If anybody wants any t-shirts or anything that's in the description of all the the youtube videos brian thank you we'll talk to you later see ya